RadioInfluence.com. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. If you want to reach out to us, do so. Questions, comments, smart remarks, we love them all. Or if you have a question or need some help, reach out. We answer every single message we get. And if you have something you want us to investigate, let us know. We've dedicated segments, even entire episodes to your ideas. So reach out. We'd love to hear from you. JeffCrushell.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush and on all other social media platforms. Search out Crush Performance and we can hook up there. All right. A quick start to today's show because we have a lot to cover. We are going to have a true performance conversation today, everybody, because if you listen to the show, you know that sleep is the top priority in all of our performance programs. If you're new to the show, all right, we have four. Now, five major priorities that we address before we even pick up a ball, a bat, before we hit the court or the ice. We have five priorities that we address before we even start training for our sport. Sleep, rest, and recovery are number one. They're the king by far. They affect everything you do. Number two, nutrition and hydration, a close second. Coming in at number three for all of our sport performance programs is posture, alignment, balance and range of motion around the joints that has to be done. That has to be set up integrity and balance and range of motion has to be there. If you're going to be successful and avoid injuries. And then number four movement, teach our athletes to move. And I am talking 10 year veterans of professional sport right down to our grassroots athletes. And the sooner we can teach them how to move properly, the higher we raise their ceiling of potential. Fantastic stuff. And then our fifth, Factor when it comes to performance and our performance programs is the crush brain game. We establish that it is certainly something that needs to be addressed before we look at sport last year, as it was one of our 2021 themes. But now we're trying to decide where does it fall in the hierarchy of these five priorities? Does the brain game come in at number one, two, three, four, or is it number five? Or could it be the first rover? That we've ever seen in crush performance. We're going to be announcing this later this summer, but could it be that based on the individual and what that particular individual needs, maybe the brain game needs to be addressed right away. Anxiety, stress, pressure, depression, a focus, perception, learning, all this stuff that is the brain game, which we still have to define. It's a monumental task that's coming up later this summer. But regardless, right now, we know that sleep is one of our top priorities. And today, we're not only going to just redefine and talk about the issues surrounding sleep, we're going to talk about some powerful, powerful solutions. We're going to talk with Terry Youngblood, the CEO and founder of Chili Sleep, everybody. Not only have they dove in to the science to really, truly define the problem and understand how this whole sleep thing really, truly works, they've really driven home the idea of how important it is, not just for performance in sport, 
but for overall health. Could sleep be the fountain of youth? How about a combination of sleep and exercise and matching those two up? Get your performance to levels you never dreamed of before. Your performance levels even outside of sport, in your job, at school, wherever you are. Sleep's going to really impact how you perform. How do you get better sleep? What can you do? What tools are available? We're going to talk about it on today's episode of Crush Performance, and it's coming up right after this. Stick around, everybody. We're about to get a lot better. Be right back. You're listening to Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. Get the Crush blogs, podcasts, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. We are talking sleep, our number one priority in human performance. Let's get to it. We are joined by the CEO and founder of Chili Sleep, Tara Youngblood. Tara, thanks for joining us here. You know, this is such an exciting time in the world of sport. Uh, And I think we're starting to realize the importance of sleep for human performance. But boy, oh boy, the implications of sleep go well, well beyond sport. And you guys are a big part of that. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, sleep is, I believe... The future of wellness starts at home, in your bed, at night. Whenever you can get sleep is absolutely important. We learn to do it as kids, um, but somewhere we lose that drive to make sure that sleep is all important. Yeah, we certainly do. And, you know, you'll be happy to hear that in our programs, Tara, when we're working with teams, organizations, or individual athletes, sleep is our number one priority. So we've got a list of priorities. It's sleep, rest, and recovery. All programs have to be built around that. You know, we're at the mercy of some of these, you know, competitive schedules that just aren't conducive to maximum human performance. So we're managing that. And then we have nutrition, hydration. Then we talk about posture, range of motion, movement, and all the other things. But regardless, for the last 10 years, sleep has been our number one priority in sport. But I do believe we've got to start getting that thinking going uh, out in the general public as well. It's just so important for health and wellness day to day, isn't it? It is. Every disease of the elderly is attached to lack of deep sleep in particular, but sleep. So when you think about all of us, none of us escape this planet without aging in some form. And certainly for athletes, it's about prolonging your career. But if you want to do one thing that'll that'll improve your aging process, make health span better for you, sleep is that one silver bullet that will unlock a, a healthier lifestyle all the way throughout your life. Well, you make a very powerful statement there. And I've heard you say this before. I think it was in your TED talk that every single disease of the elderly is connected in some way, shape or form to lack of sleep and our tendencies to lose that precious deep, deep sleep as we age. Tara, what can we do about it? Yeah. So, you know, sleep is a really old part of our bodies and every organism that sleeps, it's this on off interval that we need to do. So it actually exists in an old part of our brain. And when I say old part of the brain, our brain is obvious however old we are, but in the evolutionary part. So when you think of what are the cues down to a one cell organism that'll tell it time to be on or time to be off interval, um, it's environmental factors that are a really key part in thinking about sleep. And when you think about it today, we've taken away all environmental triggers. So when we are outside, the sunlight dimmed at night. Um, it got cooler at night. Um, the sounds quieted and changed at night. 
Um, even the smells as you get into that evening and dusk and dew falls, all of those are, are different triggers that will trigger us to go into sleep. We've actually managed our modern lifestyle away from any environmental factors because we, we set our temperature in our house to one temperature, generally summer winter, all of it's one temperature. There's not a lot of these cues. In Edmonton, you go outside more, so you get some of those cues, but we spend less and less time out there as a culture. And when we move away from that, our bodies actually don't have those same things to ingrain to, to know when we're supposed to go to sleep, how we're supposed to go to sleep. And so if nothing else, if you walk away thinking, okay, if the world changed and then I knew how to go to sleep and I stopped the world from changing and we leave our lights on and we leave our temperature consistent. There's no change. That change is what tells us to go to sleep and basically manages the mechanism of sleep. If we just think about what it'd be like to sleep as a caveman, we'd be really much further ahead. <laughs> sleep like a caveman. <laughs> I, I like it, Tara. Hey, and we're talking with Tara Youngblood, the CEO and founder of Chili Sleep. You can check out their great stuff at chillysleep.com. Well, no, you're so right, Terry. You know, we see this right now when we have our sleep conversations, especially with the technology that's involved. You know, everybody knows about the blue light and the, the stimulation of the brain, but it's that brain activity late at night, you know? So one of the one of the rules we have with all of our athletes, and, and this is one of those rules that has a tendency to uh, get pushback, but we try to get them to shut down their technology, at least their smartphones and their interactive, their heavy interactive technology two hours before bedtime, at least to try to, to try to put a dent into it. But this new generation of kids, boy, oh boy, are you worried about this at all? Cause if I think about our children right now, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting into my fifties here. I might be the last generation or maybe the generation just underneath me, might be the last generation that didn't grow up their entire lives with this, you know, smartphone technology. It's with them every single day. We've got a new era and we're just on the cusp of it. Are you worried about it at all? You know, I think it's about leaning into what works well with smartphones. So even as we do coaching and habits and things like that with the athletes we work with, it's really important to, you know, have that approach of what do they need to do to max maximize um, sleep, maximize those healthy habits, we're not going to get them to stop using their phone. So how do we make sure we put time limits on, use the phone to, to automatically turn off or track how much time we have on it? Or, you know, instead of focusing on playing a game on your Xbox or PlayStation at night, instead you're listening to, you know, music that's going to downregulate to you. You know, athletes um, still do for the most part, but a lot of us um, that grew up with, you know, Walkmans would listen to a song before we start to go out and perform. You know, the same happens for sleep. Can you listen to pre-programming yourself to a certain song to sleep, do breathing, do those down regulation things? Your smartphone can facilitate things, but it's important to put it in context of the tool it is and use the tool, the right tool at the right time part of it. And as long as we can train people to understand it's a tool and it's, you don't have to be addicted to it, it doesn't have to control you. You can use it to help emphasize and improve your life instead of becoming a slave to whatever it's telling you to do next. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how this uh, we've gotten to this crazy loop and sleep is so, so important. As a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned in one of your talks about the CDC statement that lack of sleep is an epidemic. And, um, you know, we, we think about this, you know, especially around the daylight savings time where we have just this simple little shift of time. 
and the chaos it causes, especially on the roadways when people are driving. I mean, we're already sleep deprived behind the wheel, especially early in the morning. But these shifts in time can really, really wreak havoc. And I guess this is something that we need to uh, be aware of and, and maybe program into our schedules as we approach these changes in time. But uh, the fact that we're just not getting enough sleep collectively is a big problem. Yeah, we don't have any sleep resilience. So that is another thing we talk about. I don't love the idea of sleep debt. And, you know, that's the other side of it. But when you're coaching people to save money or plan for their future, you talk about how to save money and, and plan ahead. And, and sleep resilience is really that same approach. You know, when you go into daylight savings time, you start sort of planning ahead. You sleep a little bit more. Or if and if it's just, you know, you're going to go out to the hockey game and be late on a Friday night. Um, plan ahead. Make sure that you're getting a little extra sleep or you're sleeping really well, good quality sleep going into it. We can plan ahead. Our body has resilience and it has the ability to plan for that resilience, but we need to to know that we're going to go into those times that we're going to have less sleep and, and just plan. Planning eliminates a fair amount of the problems that can pop up with lack of sleep for travel. We all have to do it. Even jet lag, you can plan ahead. We work with our athletes of when they can nap, when they should nap, based on which direction through time they travel, east to west or west to east. Um, depending on their schedule, you can make sleep work for you. We work with healthcare workers with shifts and all sorts of weird schedules, you can always make sleep work, but it does require more and more planning as you move away from that standard like 10 to 6 a.m. kind of window. But if you want to move away from that or you can or you have to because of uh, schedule, you absolutely can do it. It just takes planning. We're talking with Terry Youngblood, scientist, author, speaker, and the CEO and co-founder of Chili Sleep. Tara, that's fantastic stuff. And, you know, I think people need to realize that they have more control than they might think. But it does it does take some planning. Like you say, um, sleep, sleep, sleeping is a skill and it needs to be managed. And I like this idea of empowering people to take control of their sleeping patterns. You know, we talked to our athletes, Tara about um, the stress and anxiety of the daily routine, especially when uh, the comp com uh, competitive season comes around. And, you know, we just really try to ease the tension on, on our athletes by giving them manageable bites. You know, the fact that we operate in a 24-hour cycle really bodes well with the sleep conversation. But we say, look, hey, we never make more than a 24-hour mistake. And, the, you know, we talk about the circadian rhythms and the chronotypes, whether you're a morning person or evening person, these are all things that need to be worked into it. Now, Tara, you've talked in the past, I've heard you speak about the recipe for sleep and how you came about this. I, I think it's absolutely genius. And, and if you're okay, maybe telling the story about how you came into this and your idea about the buckets and the recipe for sleep and, and the three phases of sleep that need certain ingredients, like you're following a baking recipe, I think that resonates with people and I really appreciate it when you, sh when you share that. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So it, it is, you know, Todd and I, um, my husband and co-founder came up with our chili sleep product, which is temperature regulation for your bed way back in 2007. Um, and it is really magical back to the environmental cues, managing temperature for sleep is absolutely part of those buckets of sleep that I talk about in that recipe. But um, for me, it was, really hitting rock bottom for sleep. I've never been a great sleeper, um, but when we lost our youngest son at the time, um, I really stopped sleeping altogether pretty much, which if you know, um, as I'm sure you do, but you can go longer without food than you can without sleep. So when you hit that 
spot where you really aren't sleeping at all or very, very little, you are, it, it's close to madness. You are in a cycle of comorbidity with mental health and depression, and it's really hard to escape that. For me, it really was a sort of line in the sand of we were at a trade show and, and sort of walking around like a zombie, or I describe it as being drunk, um, the brain fog, the the inability to function as, as an adult like you want to, uh, kind of hit a, hit a rock bottom for me. And I'm like, I can't sell stuff or sleep. I don't understand it well enough to really say, I, this is how you have to fix it. Um, so that's where the scientists and sort of physics researcher in me took over. You know, there's a lot of different methodologies that go into sleep. Um, neuroscience has a look on what is happening in the brain and psychology also in the brain, but more about what you're thinking about with sleep. Um, Chinese traditional medicine and Arvaic traditions all have sort of a view on how to get better sleep. But when you combine all of those, what comes out of there is what I call the three pillars of sleep. And those are really what starts your recipe. So if you know about what are the main ingredients in baking bread? Um, you kind of know you need to have flour, you need to have yeast, you need to have some basic ingredients. And without that, you're not going to get very far. So you have to start with what are the basic ingredients for sleep? And the three pillars are mindset, which is getting your mind to stop spinning, um, being in the right state of mind, treating sleep with respect and and it respecting you, which is you're able to manage what needs to go in and out to get sleep. Um, behaviors, which is diet, nutrition, um, exercise, when are you doing that and how does it influence your sleep? And then the last one is that environmental pillar that I talked about, which is temperature, light, sound, smell, all the indicators of our environment that help us fall asleep and, and have a good night's sleep. But those all fall into how do we get amazing quality sleep? And that was the other thing I had to figure out because when I wasn't sleeping well, I'd lay in bed possibly nine, 10 hours and not be very successful at sleeping. I'm like, I'm in bed. I'm supposed to be doing this thing called sleeping. I'm not doing it. You know, how do I get it to be quality? And it was really understanding sleep. So there's basically three types of sleep. It gets much fancier, the more scientific you get about it, but it's basically light sleep, deep sleep, and REM sleep. And arguably some people call light and deep sleep non-REM. So you may see that as well. Um, and REM sleep, Sleep was just very simple. It was one of the first ways we could tell someone was sleeping. Um, but your brain basically looks almost awake. You have rapid eye movement, which is what REM stands for. And it, it looks a lot like you're awake. Light sleep is kind of on the way down to deep sleep. You'll see your brain waves go much slower as you get into deep sleep. And deep sleep is really a magical state of sleep where you get healing, you file memories, all the things we want to have done or cleaned up inside our bodies and our minds happens in this magical deep sleep window. And so when you think about quality of sleep, that's where that deep sleep part is so, so important. Um, and then for the recipe part, I do talk about buckets. It probably is that sort of farm girl kind of methodology of it's messy. So everything I talk about with sleep is individualized for the individual back to morning people and night people and, and what age you are and whether you're a female or male or all those different factors come into what goes into that recipe and the quantities and when and where and how. But if you think about the buckets of sleep of bedtime and then the first half of the night and then the second half of the night, those are the three buckets of types of sleep and what we need to do to go into those sleeps. And we need to figure out the recipe from the three pillars to ultimately deliver for each of those buckets of sleep the best 
quality possible. Yeah, and it's all about quality, isn't it? Everybody thinks they need a certain amount of sleep each night, but it's amazing how well you can do on sometimes very little sleep, but you know, over the course of time, uh, you can make sure that that you have the sleep you require. So one of the things that we wind up doing with our athletes is, you know, to take the stress away from maybe having a bad night's sleep, a, a game that goes long or a bus that comes in late or a delayed plane where the guys are getting in at 4 a.m. You know, we kind of ease the tension by talking about blocking sleep over the course of seven days. And and what we do is we talk to them about, you know, maximizing the sleep they have if they only have a little bit of time, but making sure over the course of a, a number of days, we're getting it all in. But uh, it's amazing how well the guys can do when they have things in order, they're managing their sleep and they get really, really quality sleep each night. You know, everybody thinks this eight hour rule is standard for everybody, but that's not necessarily true. No, actually, it's one of my favorite myths to sort of throw out because everyone sleeps on different amounts. There's a whole range or spectrum, if you think about it. We're all a range of, of all sorts of different things genetically, but how much sleep we need is one of those. But, you know, the eight-hour metric actually came from the industrial age. Prior to that, you'll see references and even Charles Dickens of first sleep and second sleep. If you travel the world, you see different cultures will handle um, different types of sleep throughout the day. There's a siesta word for a reason. Um, in Spain, you may come home from work around four or five and nap until like nine or 10, have a light meal then. And then you actually may go out and party or, or be with friends until 2 a.m. That was a pretty common practice. Um, Hunter-gatherer um, cultures will do something sort of later at night. You know, they're still hanging out by the campfire. It's not necessarily all, you know, the moment the sun goes down, you have to be sleeping. That really is what gives our bodies as humans this ultimate flexibility to make sleep work for us. So the moment you let go of this one sort of how long it has to be, you think about it in terms of what kind of quality it needs to be, again, over a course of a few days. Sleep is best measured over the course of a three, four day window up to seven days of like, what was the quality metric over that time frame? And when you're playing with that, most schedules can get you to the kind of quality sleep you need to be at your peak performance. Well, I really appreciate that idea of three, four, up to seven days to really evaluate where you are in terms of your sleep. And that's kind of how we operate when we block our sleep and our sleep programs help our athletes and our people deal with it day to day. It's really, really manageable then. Okay, we have to cut out for a quick break, but when we come back, let's dive into the world of sleep aids, over-the-counter sleep aids, and the downside of not really addressing your sleep issues properly. And then let's find out what the keys are to getting good sleep right after this on Crush Performance. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Questions, comments, smart remarks? Get to us at our new website, jeffcrushell.com. Or if you have a question, or if you need some help, or if you have a topic you'd like us to investigate, we may dedicate a segment, even an entire episode, your idea but regardless of the reason you're writing in we will get back to you and we will help out in any way shape or form that we possibly can that's a guarantee speaking of helping out there is nothing more important we could talk to you guys about than getting a good sleep it is the number one priority in all of our performance programs for good reason because no matter what you do if you're not getting a good sleep everything is impacted you cannot perform at your best if you're not getting quality sleep. 
And we're joined today to talk about this very topic by Tara Youngblood, the co-founder and CEO of Chili Sleep. Tara, thanks for hanging on over the break. One of the things that we're facing nowadays is this sort of maybe, maybe it comes from our society, Tara, you know, this sort of peak by Friday mentality we have. We want everything right now and we want it perfect and it's just going to happen the way we want it. We've gotten it to a really dangerous sort of trend, I feel, when it comes to the conversation around sleep and the use of sleep aids, especially over the counter sleep aids. I talk to a lot of people and I get very concerned about them, you know, just haphazardly using all these different types of sleep aids to help them get to sleep without ever truly addressing the reason they're not sleeping well. Does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah. As a society, we are so pre-trained by pharma in general for a chemistry response. Uh, It's probably the friction of being a physicist um, a little bit, but we think that there's this one pill that's going to solve everything that, that we come in contact with as a human and and we look for that pill no matter what it is. But most of the time wellness in particular is something that's a long-term play. It's something that happens over time. So even if you took a pill today, you have to keep taking those pills and you you see it with melatonin in particular. It's a hormone that's naturally produced. um, And there is something called the sleep switch, which Clifford Sapier out of Harvard sort of coined about. Um, 2003 was the first time he recognized um, those neurons and how they triggered. It was by temperature um, and environmental factors. But that switch releases melatonin at night, and it also releases cortisol in the morning. So your body actually has a natural mechanism to give you the melatonin. So if you start taking melatonin, for example, um, and you don't do it thoughtfully as a tool to sort of help emphasize or help jet lag or help you for a, a small moment in time, but it becomes something you take all the time, you're actually superimposing it over your body's natural mechanisms. It actually makes it harder to get really good sleep over time because you're retraining your body to do um, to look for a pill instead of looking to its own mechanisms to run it. And whenever you start to do that, instead of actually managing your body properly, you get into a usually a bad spot with that magic pill not delivering anymore. Your body gets used to it and it looks for more. It looks for a different way. And oftentimes people will stop sleeping and melatonin won't work for them anymore if you use it every single night. Now, if you need it for short term, like I said, uh, jet lag or other things, but we get into all of these different things. Of all, I always use this medication. A lot of the pharma tools that you'll get Ambien, they're a hallucinogen class of drugs. So they're actually going to hallucinate that you're sleeping. You're not actually sleeping. Um, certainly not getting deep sleep. Um, and over time, a lot of those um, hallucinogens will even cause cancer. So when you think about sleep, the, doing a little bit more work over a seven-day period to really figure out and manage your sleep even, it's a much easier way than a long-term trying to figure out that magic pill that just isn't a magic pill. Yeah, no, that you are preaching to the choir here. That is great stuff. We're talking with Tara Youngblood, the founder and CEO of Chili Sleep. Tara, that is such an important conversation. You know, I see parents trying to get it to their kids when their kids aren't sleeping well, but I think we need to address those problems. That's such an important conversation. You know, one of the things I think that's really happening, and for me personally out there, when I go to bed at night, you know, I try to get the the the, the room mood right, nice and quiet, low lighting, very, very cool. Uh, but I, I still have problems with a busy brain kind of thing. I start get going. So I, I've gotten into the habit of having a notepad on my bedside table. And, and when I find my brain gets busy, I'll just take notes, put down together a little to-do list for next day. But this whole idea of this busy brain thing, boy, boy, I know that affects a lot of people. 
Yeah, it is really interesting. So one back to that, that's in the bedtime bucket. And, you know, a lot of people in today's world are sort of stuck. There's a lot of ways we get stuck in that bedtime bucket. It may be as simple as you're watching Netflix and the dopamine kicks in for the next episode of, I just want to finish this. You know, the to-do list that you're talking about, writing it down, actually, when you can put things on paper, dump them out of your brain, it's a really powerful tool from even just a hormone release of what happens that will actually help cue your brain to sleep. Um, weighted blankets is another way to reduce anxiety. Very simple, no magic pill. But that pressure of a weighted blanket was originally founded for children with autism that have high anxiety profiles. Um, but a weighted blanket actually goes back to sort of that feeling in the womb. And what it does is it, it actually releases serotonin, which is sort of the opposite of anxiety and helps us settle down for sleep. Um, you know, a lot of people will find a soundtrack back to what worked for you as a child will probably work for you as an adult. Maybe it's not the same lullaby, you know, cassette tape or whatever it was that you listened to then. Maybe it's a soundtrack on your phone today, but there's there's different sounds, there's different triggers back to, there's a recipe that worked for you as a child. And if you think about what worked for you as a child, if you had to snuggle up to fall asleep, if you listen to a bedtime story, your brain will remember. So maybe read a book, maybe you listen to sound, maybe set your, yourself up as a bedtime environment that looks a lot like when you were a kid. Remarkably, that will often solve a lot of the sleep ritual problem. We did it best when we were little and we kind of tell ourselves as adults we don't need to do that. But actually, that helps sleep a whole lot. Oh, I want to get back there so bad, Tara. <laughs> I, want, I want to get back. I want to get back to those days so bad, I tell you. Well, let's get down to it. You just talked about the weighted blankets, and I totally appreciate that science. And it makes a lot of sense, I think, to people for sure. And I love this whole new weighted blanket thing. But you guys have keyed in on temperature. And this is such a cool area of study. And what you guys have done at Chili Sleep is absolutely fantastic. We've had athletes that use it. I've had a chance to try it and 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 get it. I, I've got to get one. I'm telling you. Hey, two of the best sleeps I can I can remember. You know, yeah, people have memories. And we were talking about this a few days ago. You know, I, I actually remember two great sleeps I had, Tara. One was when I was a little kid. We were out visiting my grandma and grandpa, and they had a a little cabin on a lake in 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 central Alberta. And it was a cool kind of fall day. And I was just out on the covered deck and the sun was shining in. The air was cool. And I fell asleep on this little, this little um, um, couch they had out there. And my grandma, I can kind of remember sort of in a haze. My grandpa my, uh, came out and slipped a blanket over me. And I can remember that being one of the best sleeps I ever had. Fast forward um, to my, to my early twenties. I was going to Calgary, University of Calgary. I'd never been there before. And my my wife, my to-be wife, uh, had a cousin there that I actually stayed with to go check out Calgary and see what it was all about. And he still had a waterbed. And I'm going, okay, yeah, no, I'll sleep on a water. I've never slept on a waterbed before. Uh, but this one wasn't heated. And I got in that bed that night and, you know, it was rolling around because I've never slept in a waterbed before, but it was cool, Tara. And I could tell you right now, that is one of the best sleeps I've ever had. And I didn't really connect the dots to that until I met um, uh, uh, Todd at one of the trade shows years later, talking about this idea of chili sleep. What got you onto this? And, and, and the science right now is so incredible. Yeah. So Todd's uncle actually invented the waterbed and Todd and I both oh, grew up. Come on. Um, really? Yep, we had a waterbed in our house, unbeknownst to, again, eventually meeting Todd. 
Um, but obviously Todd had water beds growing up as well. And so, yeah, Charles P. Hall um, is, uh, he's still alive. It's 51 years ago now that waterbed was invented in, in San Francisco. Um, but it is, uh, even our products today use a lot of that same philosophy. We use a lot less water. So if, you know, had a waterbed and it was a huge bladder, if it ever had a problem, that was, that was not a good thing. So we use a ton less water, but water itself is just an amazing tool. That's why you have a fluid in your radiator to keep your car engine cool. Um, same for us as human engines. And so we really have designed chili pad to be that radiator. It fits in a master's pad right underneath your sheet. And all it does is exactly that. You set it to whatever temperature you want. We can have programs again, back to those different types of sleep we're trying to get. But in general, just like your thermostat in your house, you can program it, you can set it. And whatever temperature that is, it actively maintains that temperature and it helps make sure that you don't overheat. At a time in the middle of the night, you're trying to drop two degrees of core body temperature. And so a lot of us with the foam mattresses today that feel really great and comfy to sleep on, they actually put off heat back into that system. So we may be 37 degrees, but we're trying to drop two degrees. So we're actually heating up that little oven underneath the covers hotter than the 37 degrees Celsius. And that is a problem for sleep. It makes it really hard to get sleep. So really all we do is just maintain that engine temperature, just like you do in your car with your radiator. We do that underneath you to whatever temperature you're setting it at to basically deliver quality sleep. But yeah, no magic pill. You put it on your bed, you set the temperature and you just get great sleep. So it's a pretty easy experience that way. Yeah, I love it, Tara. I love it. Hey, what what got you guys keyed in on the temperature side of things? Because it's it's such a critical factor for for good seat would good sleep. Would you say it's maybe maybe the most important factor? It it is one of the most important ones when you talk about sort of that unconscious brain. So you know, traumatic brain injury, PTSD. We work with a lot of veterans um, with mental health issues, and one of the things that happens with traumatic brain injury or mental illness is your brain does not settle into that deep sleep very well. Um, it often prevents you like your mind spinning. Um, and temperature is a way to kind of bypass that, just like your heart beats without you thinking about it or you breathe without thinking about it. That's all maintained whether you're conscious or not. In order to influence sleep, we want to influence it in a way that is the language is your unconscious brain. And temperature is, is one of those factors, light, sound, smell, all those environmental factors. Like I said, talk in a language that your unconscious brain understands. And so by influencing temperature, you're actually able to change how you sleep and the type of sleep. And you actually change your brain waves. You slow your resting heart rate. You change your HRV, which is a metric of recovery. Um, heart rate variability is, is something that a lot of athletes measure on sort of their fatigue metrics or recovery metrics. Um, and all of those are influenced by temperature. Now, we didn't invent it, actually, for all of that amazing science. Turns out our bodies were doing that all along, millennia ago. Todd and I invented it because we actually sleep at very different temperatures. He would sleep on a slab of ice. Um, in the wintertime in Edmonton, he'd want the window open kind of cold. <laughs> and I don't really want it that cold. Um, so when microclimate control and cars came out and driver and passenger could be different temperatures, we're like, yes, we would like that for our bed. Um, so that is where the idea came from. But it was actually through 
sort of searching through and reading through the science and really doing a deep dive into how our brain works and how sleep as a mechanism works um, that actually delivered it. Turned out that temperature was a good thing we came up with, but we, I can't say that we, we started out that way. It was a happy coincidence actually, but it does mean that two people can sleep very comfortably in a bed together. And that was definitely a win and that's what started it. Well, it's such a great tool, right? It's one of the tools you can have in your arsenal and we just know sleep is so, so great uh, for just, you know, as we discuss overall health, but certainly for performance for our athletes and any athlete out there, even, even the weekend warriors that are serious about their personal best or getting out there and just compete, uh, not just for performance, but for recovery as well. And that's really what it's all about. You guys have some great products, Tara. Uh, I'm really intrigued by the doc pro sleep system that's out now. I like the idea of those sort of zone coolness. Cause my, my, I, I'm kind of like you guys. I like it cold uh, and my wife, not so much, but boy, she sleeps like a furnace. I think it would help her sleep as well. Yeah, actually. So the magic of sleep, and this really comes across when you, you know, we've done it with menopausal women and, and people going through cancer treatments beyond the performance athlete or beyond sort of fixing mental health. When you can sleep really well, uh, you can actually have less symptoms during the day. So we will have a benchmark study coming out in June on menopause, which less hot flashes, less menopause symptoms. And really it's the power of sleeping. So if you can sleep through the night, you just have less symptoms of whatever you're going through. Um, and that in itself is, is just a powerful testament to sleep. And temperature is just, again, one of those ways to deliver that quality sleep. But it, it is pretty magical for anybody um, to manage their sleep um, and just have better health outcomes. Certainly as we get older, um, the older we are, the less deep sleep we're getting. And so if we can improve that, we'll have less of those ticks and tricks that we get as we get older. Yeah, no, no question. Hey, one last thing I want to talk to you about here. As I feel we could talk for hours. We'll have to continue this discussion going into the future. But I also want to talk about another great tool that you guys have created. You know, we've talked about weighted blankets. We've talked about the chili pad cooling system, which is just fantastic. You know, we have the we have the, the eye masks, the earplugs, but I'm really, really intrigued by the Ebb Cool Drift Verse. I wanted to talk to you about this because it seems very, very smart to me. How exactly did you guys come around to develop this and, and how would it work for people? Yeah, so this actually goes back to um, cooling that prefrontal cortex. So when your mind is spinning, um, that is your prefrontal cortex, which is right below, right, right behind your, your head, uh, sort of your forehead on your front of your brain and so when your mind is spinning turns out and the physics principle of this is amazing we could do a deep dive onto this so uh thermodynamics of the universe how do you measure the age of the universe how do you slow things down in the universe cooling takes energy out of something um and so actually the power of cooling applied to your forehead will actually help you unwind and help you sort of decompress from that sort of spinning forehead. Um, so if your grandmother ever said, keep a cool head about you, it turns out actually keeping a cool head about you will help you to have a better decision-making process. And so for our athletes, and we sent it over with the Olympics. So when an athlete warms up um, or any of us work out, weekend warriors included, um, what happens is our body gets warm, including our head. So our cognitive functionability and our ability to keep that cool head actually goes away. So a lot of our athletes will use it. We call it for unwinding post warm up, but pre performance. 
So while they're waiting to get on the, the ice, they're waiting to get um, into, we have a lot of cyclists that'll do it. So they warm up and then they're about to perform. Um, they will use it for 15, 20 minutes to cool their, their forehead down, cool their brain down. So their brain actually performs at a higher level, even though their body is warm. We need their muscles warm for performance, but we need their brain cool for that cognitive best. Um, and that's really where the magic part of that comes together oh boy oh boy oh boy do i love that and i'm not going to lie to you i'm going to take a picture of my notes here and i'm going to send it to you before you mentioned grandma i wrote down the word grandma and cold cloth i remember being at my grandparents place when i was a kid my brother and i were out horsing around running around and it was a hot hot summer day and i came in and and we were both a little you know it was way too hot for us uh and and I remember grandma putting a cool cloth on your forehead, right? And I'm going, huh? And you just made me think of that right there where you said it. And then you mentioned grandma about keeping a cool head about you. Fantastic stuff, Tara. Really, really cool. Yeah. And actually, it's an ultimate hack. You know, if you want to try it, obviously, the, the unwind or ebb uh, versa, it does it with, you know, a, a little bit more powerful cooling. Um, but just that cool washcloth. If you're having a hard time tonight falling asleep, if you walk away with nothing else, um, take a minute to decompress today as you head into bed. Maybe a cool washcloth is a way to just sort of see, well, are all these sleep recipes really worth it? Um, those are some of the hacks that even our athletes use on the road if they just can't unwind. Oh, Tara, listen, such great stuff. Really, really appreciate the conversation. Everybody could check out their great stuff at chillysleep.com. Tara, what's next for you guys? Very exciting times for the company. Congratulations on all your success. But, but boy, oh boy, these are tools people can use to build their recipes and manage their recipes for good sleep. Yeah, so I will give you a tiny sneak peek because we do have a sleep tracker that's coming out this fall. Um, what's magical about what we've done, and this is a patented approach with machine learning uh, brain, we're right now calling it Maestro, which might not be the end marketing one, but that is the brain behind what will control the Doc Pro when you've paired it with our sleep tracker. So sleep trackers today are actually not very accurate on the sleep stages of deep sleep, light sleep, and REM sleep, like I talked about. Um, our tracker is really focuses in on that really heavily, and it also calculates sleep in real time. So your sleep tracker, if you've ever used one, in the morning when you pull it up and it connects to your phone, you'll see it spinning or whatever it is. It's calculating your sleep. We do that in real time. And what it means is back to talking to that unconscious brain. When you are getting close to getting into deep sleep, we'll actually adjust your temperature automatically to deliver that optimized sleep. So the Doc Pro is definitely where the magic of sleep starts happening automatically in a little bit of a space age kind of way, but that's what's coming in the future. So the Doc Pro today, you can still buy the Doc Pro. It's available now, but the sleep tracker will be coming online in September. It's working through its machine learning algorithms. Um, we actually have some great minds at MIT that are helping us out with those um, algorithms and the machine learning part. It is going to be amazing when that comes together. I cannot wait for that, Tara. Maybe once that comes online, we'll get you back on again to talk about that very exciting technology at work there. Yeah, I, it is the future of sleep. For me, the future of sleep is you show up in your bed and it knows what you need and you get great sleep. Oh, exciting times. Well, I love it. Tara, thanks so much. Everybody, listen, sleep like a caveman and keep a cool head about you. Uh, and go check out chillysleep.com for all their great stuff. Tara, thank you so much for this uh, incredible conversation. Thank you.
Yeah, no problem. It's fun to be on the air in, in Edmonton. Uh, still my hometown, still still loving a Canadian, even though it's been years since I've lived there full time. Ah, good Canadian kid. Huge shout out to everybody in Edmonton and down in Vulcan as well, right? Yes, definitely. And all, um, special hugs and hello to the Smithies. I haven't seen them since pre-COVID, so uh, they're hanging out in Edmonton with all of you guys. Well, there's no place like home. So the next time you're up here in the Northwest, make sure you let us know. It'd be great to meet up. Thanks for this great conversation today, Tara. We'll look forward to talking again soon. Definitely. Okay, there you go, everybody. What a fantastic conversation that was. Kind of a masterclass on sleep and sleep science, but not just talking about the science and the issues and the strategies. When somebody can come up with solutions, that's the big ticket for me. You know, that's what's really going to help us help our athletes, help them perform. It's one thing to understand and know the science. And then a lot of researchers and research out there is based on just that, clearly identifying the problems. And that's important. In fact, that's really important. It's one of the fundamental principles in all of our programs, problem solving. Remember what we always say, a problem accurately defined is already partially solved. But also, maybe more importantly, is the fact that if we don't know what the problem is, how can we possibly fix it? It's not possible. That's why we stress in all of our programs, just a simple problem-solving process, identifying the issues, breaking it down, and then finding solutions. Well, a lot of the research out there is just based on identifying problems. Here's the problem. Here's how it works. Or it's focused on, okay, we've got a problem. We had an issue. Here's our understanding of how things work. Now maybe we can fix it. But it's very, very rare to actually find somebody who digs in, problem solves, and then comes up with a viable, tangible solution. That's what makes the world go round. So all these components in the whole process are important. But one of the things I love is when we get a solution. So I have to thank Terry Youngblood from Chili Sleep for all of their work, her and her husband and the entire company. I can't wait to see their new cutting edge monitoring technology that's coming out here later this year. And I'm looking forward to talking to them again because boy, oh boy, anything we can do to help us find ways to get better sleep, oh, we got to do it. Got to do it. So, all right, great conversation there. Coming up in the next few weeks, everybody, we're going to dive back into the idea of player development, off-season hockey. We're going to talk with Rick Carrier, formerly of the NHL, and he has just been overseas helping Japan put together their hockey development program. He was just at the U18s in Germany. He's back now, so we're going to have Rick on to talk about player development, and we're going to talk with Manny Schmidt of Link Management to get that management side, that management perspective, the long game of athlete development. We love the guys at Link Management International for sure. So lots of great stuff coming up here as we roll through May, everybody. Now get out there, have a great week, stay safe, get a little better, and remember, we're here to help you think like an athlete. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Brady, Rock, Bill Belichick. Who is the authority on those three? There's one. He's at the top. And I got him. Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston. What was your perception of the relationship for 20 years between Belichick and Brady? What did you see? 
Um, mutually beneficial, highly respectful, not close. Um, but, you know, Bill is hardwired to start and start and restart and restart. Um, that's what he wants to do. It's like, you know, teachers might love a class, but eventually those students graduate, go on, and you get new students. And Bill's hardwired to bring the next person in. And he believed by his general timetables and actuarial tables that in 2014, it was time to take a quarterback because Tom was 37. Well, Tom's the outlier. And that pissed him off and really created uh, a dynamic in the last six or seven years where Bill was like, hey, get on my watch here and you're on the clock here, buddy. And Bray's like, the clock doesn't work for me. So that really led to a level of just a push-pull, creative tension between the two guys so that it became somewhat dysfunctional. But I think that they've done an excellent job, Rock, of, uh, of seeing past agitations that they had with each other in the final 17, 18, and 19, and that led to him leaving um, and saying, so it was hard. It's supposed to be hard. It was hard. And we, we had a lot of success. I don't give a crap about the stuff that happened in those years because the overarching success we had together makes me appreciate it more. And I think they had to go, Tom had to go to Tampa to find that out. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.